from this point forward in the recording, my dog may be in the studio with me. So if you hear any noises coming from him, I hope it does nothing for your listening experience other than add to it. Thank you. Chapter 11. The Underground. It was early in the morning, several days later, when the boys were gathered in a remote corner of the tournament grounds, close enough to the barracks, but not too close as to raise any suspicion. The rock warriors were posing as servants, cleaning and repairing some weapons. The days prior had been busy with research, anxiety, and doubt, particularly from Nezo, who had been spending all waking moments either scavenging for more information or ruffling his blonde hair in contemplation. On their visits to the mess hall, they had kept their eyes open for any sign of a passage to the underground levels. In the easternmost corner, they discovered a vertical passage, accessible by ladder, which many residents entered and exited at their leisure. The servants were not seen coming or going from this passage. Upon their next meeting with their guide of the green woods, Nezo asked if they would be allowed to find work among the tournament grounds. We like it here. Very much we do, Nezo had said in his most pleasant register. Tertel had granted them permission to offer services for those who roamed the grounds. On another previous day, Rainier had picked the brain of some of the random passerby to find out anything that he could. The sewers stink something awful, he had commented to a salesman. Damn dungeon guard must be up to it again. They beat a fellow to a pulp just last winter. Ended up dying, he did. Must not have realized it, though, because fumes filled the mess hall by nightfall. Sent us all running, thinking the meat had gone bad. They had erupted into a laugh together. The information that had been gathered led them to one paramount day. It began with the smuggling of their weapons and equipment. They intended to take all supplies that would fit on their person. The outside world was much different than Helm, and they knew it. At the tournament grounds, they took turns sharpening, cleaning, and restringing their various weapons from home. Rainier had gotten his blade cleaner than it had been since he had received it, and Artius's bow was strung tighter than ever before. Their equipment was safely stored in their packs and within barrels at the top of the passageway ladder where they would be easily accessible when their plan would spring into action. It's time, Artius. The hearts of each of the three boys raced, and Nezo's words accelerated them even further. One of the two potions is for you. He reached deep into his tunic to his utility jacket and drew an invisibility potion. We will count for two straight minutes. That's how long you can remain unseen. When you return here with the uniforms, Rainier will be ready with my final potion. Are you ready? Artius took in several deep breaths, each one harder than the last. Seeing the struggle in his eyes, Nezo reached out his arm and embraced his friend. Let's go home, he whispered to him. Without thinking any further, and as silently as he could manage, Artius smashed the vial at his feet. He was enveloped in the magic, and he ran to the mess hall's ladder. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. He counted to himself as he ran. The cluster of people was less than usual because of the time of day, so he easily passed through the hall, but the feeling of constant surveillance remained. He opened up the hatch with no one noticing and crept down into the underground lair. Thirty-one. Thirty-two. It was darker and danker, of course, and silent, but it calmed him because the feeling of eyes had been lessened. He followed the torchlight past a few younger warriors who practiced swordplay on a dummy, and some who tested their aim while shooting a bow. Sixty-seven. Sixty-eight. Sixty-nine. In the darkest and most secluded corner he could find was a rack stocked full of combatant uniforms. Quickly scanning the wall of armor, he grabbed two that seemed a good size for him and Nezo, and darted back to the ladder. The clattering of metal caught the attention of one archer who glanced over at the rack, but Artius had already zipped past him and out of sight with the stolen goods. Ninety-eight. 
It was a strain to hold the armor in his grasp while climbing back up the ladder. 111. 112. The potion was wearing off. Just before he reached the top, the hatch opened above, and a line of combatants were making their way down. 114. 115. He jumped back down on the ground and as quickly as he could possibly manage threw the armor over his shoulders, covering his servant uniform. Hey! One of the men shouted. Artius froze and clung to the other set of armor. His life depended on it. You sure are in here early. Come to practice some swings before the upcoming fight, I bet. I I guess that would be best, Artius replied. They walked away laughing, and Artius wiped the sweat from his brow before continuing his ascent back into the mess hall. It was easier for him with only one uniform to hold. Perfect, Nezo said as his friend met him back at the surface. Here. The words were barely squeezed from his lungs as he handed Nezo the armor. Not, not many down there, he wheezed. He put the armor over his clothes to better blend in before their next descent. Rainier was still in his green garb. Now Rainier, you stay up here and keep working on your blade. Artius and I will blend into the tournament barracks. As soon as you're ready, activate that last potion and clear a path for us to get out of here. I'll give you a signal to let you know I'm going down. They nodded and strapped the armor a bit tighter. Give me two minutes, then follow me down. The last words were exchanged, and the two disguised combatants made their way into the underground, snatching their personal equipment from the barrels just before descending. The room was still scarcely populated. A training dummy stood just beside the vertical hatch down to the lowest level, the dungeon. The beating in their hearts continued. Nezo found a dagger on a rack and began to warm up his arms with some steady attacks. Artius rounded up a few arrows to begin shooting a target on the wall. The weapons were slipping from their clammy hands while they scanned the surroundings and desperately hoped to remain undetected. The wood here must be something, Artius remarked. These dummies hold up much better than the ones back home. They smirked together and continued to keep their voices down until they heard a shield clatter to the ground just beside the ladder to the mess hall. Rainier, they thought. Place is haunted or something, one of the other combatants grumbled from across the room. The trapdoor to the dungeon creaked open as the invisible Rainier squeezed through the tunnel before any eyes could make it in his direction. Rainier was struggling to control his breaths. I am rock, he thought. I can do this. As he descended the ladder and began to hear voices below, his mind ran circles. We have to get out of this place. We have to get home. But there is no home to go back to. The thoughts quickened his pace and tightened his chest. We need to stay safe, he concluded. And safe is anywhere but here. We can do this. The voices in his head became a yell. We are the warriors of rock. The guards below were staring at cards cast about a wooden table. A gentle drip echoed from the ceiling above. Got a queen? One man with a tangled beard asked. He wore armor across his chest, but the rest of his upper half was bare and hairy. Aye. The other handed him a card. When Rainier set foot to the final floor of the underground, a whistling began from down the hall. It was a low, repetitive tune. Pipe down and watch the sewers, Gronk! The hairy man yelled. His voice boomed off the walls and shook the room. What about a king? Before another breath, Rainier tiptoed behind the hairy man. He raised his sword to strike downward with a pummel, but stayed his hand. Upon a steady attempt to form a new plan, he kicked a leg out from under the other man's chair, sending him back first onto the cold ground. The hairy man let out a hearty laugh that made the room quake once more. The potion was wearing off, and Rainier could hear the creaking of the trap door being opened. 
he slammed the pummel of his sword down onto the hairy man's head, knocking him out cold before the echo of his laugh could subside. The same was done to the other man, just as he got to his feet and remained unseen. The boy darted for his last target. Nezo and Ardeus were already climbing down the ladder when Rainier landed his blow on the third guard. This man, however, was heavily armed and remained upright just as the magic potion faded. Stop! He yelled. You go no further! The rock villagers rallied to the edge of the sewer drain where the man drew his arms, a steel broadsword. You don't understand, Nezo said as he charged a spell within his palms. Further is our only destination. He let out a spell of fire at the guard's feet as Ardeus flew an arrow that bounced off his heavy armor. Rainier aimed low. They wished to escape, but no blood was to be spilled in their plan this morning. The man was excellent in blocking Rainier's bashing and dodging the ranged attack from the others while the fire crackled below his feet. Several prisoners were pressed up against their bars to catch a glimpse of the commotion. The fire cast a glow that illuminated their stained faces behind the steel bars. His hand, Artie! Aim for his hand! Rainier yelled. The voices and attacks were jumping from wall to wall, causing a ruckus. Artius flew a few arrows that narrowly missed their mark because of the man's sword swings, but Nezo struck his legs with a few zaps of electricity, enough to catch the water below and send the jolts throughout his body. While stunned, Artius caught his hand with a well-placed arrow that knocked the weapon from his grasp and into the water behind him. Rainier took the opportunity to smack the man's legs with his sword. The blade bounced off the armor with a deafening clank, but it sent the guard to the ground in pain. While disarmed and immobilized, the three friends ran to their escape. Rainier was first to dive into the dark water below, and then Nezo. But just before Artius' feet left the stone floor, a hand grabbed his ankle and pinned them to his place. The guard's eyes were gaping wide and bloodshot. The grimace across his face was terrible and eerie. He drew a round horn and blew into it with all of his might. The sound sent an earthquake across the room and up to the higher ground. The boy's head was shaking from the sirens being echoed above the ground. He looked the man in the eyes with his vision straightened, drew the pocket knife from his boot, and said, I'm sorry. He sliced at the guard's hand until he released his ankle, allowing him to plunge into the water where his friends were already beginning the final swim. The water stung their eyes as they swam up through the tunnel. Nezo had explained to them how the sewer connected to the moat outside. It was not much further, but the air in their lungs were begging to be released. The pain increased with every forward stroke. Just around the corner, they could see light at the end of the putrid tunnel. The sunlight from outside the wall. They swam faster and faster. Even from their position in the underground, they could hear sirens of horns blaring from above. The guards were readying themselves among the battlements, while others burst through the mess hall doors to reach the underground. The light drew closer and closer as they swam. They could see where the murkiness of the water eased into the clear waterway. With no delay, they gave one last heave in the direction of the light and thrust their heads out of the water. They gasped to fill their lungs with fresh breath, but the water was rushing from an outside disturbance. Waves were throwing them back and forth as they floated among the moat. The drawbridge had been lowered, and commotion from the castle's entrance stirred the waters around it. Troops ran along either side of the water in search of the boys. The armor! Nezo gasped between the waves. Take, take it off! They both cast the encumbrance from their person and swam towards the southern wall as they had planned. They're after us! Rainier yelled. He was swimming while turning his head in all directions to be sure they were out of sight. Almost there! Nezo said. Their swimming was not as swift as a fish, but they still outmatched the speed of the armored warriors. They made it to the southern wall before any of the guards could catch a glimpse of their position, and once there, pulled their bodies to the foreign grass in order to take off on foot. And so a new chase began. 
Once they began their travels, in a direction absolutely random to them, the guards on the wall noticed them at last and had sent troops towards the hill to which the rock boys ran. Azura was much more mountainous than Helm, but the dense forest that they had entered was something they could recognize. Although the trees grew taller and the sounds were stranger, the shadowy paths and crumbling hillsides seemed more like home than anything they had seen within Monadaria.